today in we going back to the book of Peter. As you know, we're preaching through the Bible verse by verse. And we remember, remember that Peter was writing a letter to the dispersion to people in Cappadocia, a lot of people, and people like us. And we have to learn by this. Why do you read the Bible? Anybody? It's the Word of God, and He instructs us through it. I like that part. He instructs us through it. What do we do when Follow it. Follow it. We get a lot of good weather Christians these days. Just want to follow it when it's good for them. When it's going bad, they want to walk away. Or the other way around. Peter writes to us, and we worked our way through the first chapter. We're coming to chapter 2 this morning. I'm going to read to you just to put it in context. And then we're just going to look at two verses today. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 1. As we continue to see what Peter is telling us. He says, Therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. Everybody say grow. That you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, coming to Him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, rejected by men, but chosen by God and... Let me just say at this point in time, it doesn't matter whether you are rejected by men. It only matters when you are chosen by God. Anybody wants to say amen to that? Rejected by men, but chosen by God. That is important. Chosen by God. He says there, If you've indeed tasted that the Lord is gracious, verse 4, coming to Him as to a living stone. He's that living stone. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones, plural, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. What is the spiritual sacrifices that you offer? It's your worship. It's your following Christ. Is how you serve Him. It's not the works you do. It's your heart. But we're going to get to that in a few weeks' time. In verse 6 he says, Therefore, it is also contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. Who's that? It's Jesus, elect, precious, and he who believes on Him will by no means be put to shame. See what I'm reading? He who believes in Him will by no means be put to shame. You might be rejected, but you will not be put to shame. Therefore, I like all of these therefores in the Bible, isn't it? Therefore, you who believe, He is but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. 
and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. That is the world right now. Jesus Christ to the world is a stumbling and a rock of offense. And because you are carrying His fragrance in your heart, you will become a rock of offense and of stumbling to the world. There's no surprises here. Verse 8 again, he says, And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumbled being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Verse 9, But you are a chosen generation. And somebody shout, Hallelujah! Come on then! Amen! You're a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people. How do you love it today to be a special people? The word of God says you're a special people. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. He called you out of darkness into the marvelous, not only light, marvelous light. Are you reading your Bible like this every day? You need to celebrate the words that Christ gave. Marvelous light, verse 10, who once were not a people, but now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners, as strangers, as aliens in this world, and pilgrims, what does he beg for? Abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul having your conduct honorable amongst the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. The Lord bless His public reading of His word. But there's one verse that I'm going to come back to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you in this morning for your word. Your word is powerful, Lord. And I pray now, Lord, as a mere vessel, Lord, that you will bless my body to preach this word today in spirit and in truth. Speak to us today, Lord. Father, I don't want to be strong in myself. We sang the song this morning, not by might, not by power, but by thy spirit. That's what I pray, Lord. Let your anointing be on this word. Let people not walk out of this place the same way they've come into this place, but let your word be hearkened to and listened to so that we become doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't you just love God's word? Love his word. It is the life stream of a child of God. It's the word of God. It is the bread of a child of God. It's the word of God. It is the food of a child of God. If you want to grow, if you want to be alive, read His Word daily and pray. Pray to God. And you know what's going to happen? The Holy Spirit is going to empower you. The Holy Spirit is going to teach you. He's going to show you the secrets of God. Who wants to know the secrets of God? Who wants to know them? And you know what? He says it there in Deuteronomy chapter 29, 29. He says, the absconditus, the things which is obscure to man, belongs to God. But the things which were revealed.
the revealed things. He's going to reveal to you some things again today out of his word. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, he says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, evil, evil speaking, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow. I want to talk to you about those words there. That you may grow. Say to the person next to you, grow up. Come on, say it. This is what he's saying to us. Peter writes this down. The Holy Spirit is looking at each one and he says, grow up. That you may grow. And this is so important. We're going to see three things that he touches in these first words here. Christianity is not only to be believed, brother and sister, it must also be lived. A lot of people just believe that. Yeah, it's only belief, and belief is good. We need to believe in Him, but we have to live this life. I'm saved now, I've given my heart to the Lord, or, or the Lord saved my soul, and they just come and sit in church. No, you need to grow. You need to become stronger through Him. And this is what he says to us in this passage. He starts off by saying, therefore. Now you need to ask yourself the question always, why is therefore, therefore? Whenever he, he says it there, and there's so many therefores there, therefore is an application word. And whenever you read in your Bible the word therefore, you need to go and read what is before the therefore. Because he gives you something, a teaching or something, and then he's going to say, now that I've told you that, therefore, apply. It's an application word. Apply all of those things that you've learned now to the next new thing. Now, what is the therefore there then? He speaks to the previous chapter. Now, there's so many things that I can highlight out of the previous chapter. He said, first, the living hope. Who remembers that? It's not a dead hope. He said that we need to live holy. We need to live holy. He talks about the corruptible and the incorruptible seed. But the therefore now applies to this verse. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. He says, having been born again. Everybody say born again. Do you know what that means? Do you know what born again means? Anybody? Born in Christ, born from above. Remember John chapter 3, Nicodemus? You must be born again. But Jesus, look at me. I'm a big man. How can I go back in my mother's womb? You can't pack me in there again. I'm too big. My poor mom is a small little lady. No, no, no. You need to be born spiritually. That's what born again means. I've preached that sermon. I'm not going to repeat it. He says, not of corruptible seed, but the incorruptible. Here's our verse. John chapter 1, verse 12. He says, but as many as received Him. Let me see. Have you received the Lord? Many as received Him. To them He gave the right to become children of God. You've got the right to become a child of God if you believe in Him. To those who believe in His name who were born. Look at this now. Who were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, 
nor the will of man, but, there's our theological word again, but of, of God. This is the therefore, when you come to chapter 2, when he writes to them. He says, remember that you are born again. Dear children of God, dear beloved, sitting here today, if you can truly say, lift your hand up to the air and say, thank you, Lord, that you saved my soul. I'm born again, and I know as surely as I sit here today, because the Bible says so, that I will go to heaven and be with you forever. To them and to you and to me, he says now, therefore, let's apply this now. Now, the application could hurt. The application could hurt. Who knows that the truth hurts? Yeah? People don't like to hear the truth. But the truth will also set you free. Set you free. And that's why we read the word of God so that we can see the truth of Christ and that that truth could set us free. That's why we read the word of God so that we can see the truth and that truth set us free. That is why we read the word of God. So that we can see the truth and that truth could set us free. Do you want me to repeat it a fourth time? It is true that the truth hurts, but it also set us free. You see, when we get born, there must be a nurturing process that takes place. We must develop. Is that true? If you, if you get somebody that's born, now I'm so proud this morning to be able to bring my grandson into this. Look at this. Everybody say, oh. Making appearance, small little Michael Dean Shipman. Look at this now. Who remembers those days when he was just born? And I must tell you, he was a little skinny fella. He was just skin and bone. Am I right? Who saw him when he was born? Man, he was really, no, he was a really skinny little fella. And then you should see him drink a bottle of milk. I mean, you look at that milk, and for the first three months, there's no steaks going in. Now, his dad loves steaks like me. I love a T-bone steak, John. I can eat a T-bone steak, man. And, you know, I thought, I look at this boy, and, oh, it's a boy. We're going to feed this boy steak, man. He's got to become strong like his dad, his granddad. But in the hospital, did the nurse the first day come in with a trolley with a big, juicy steak on there and go, Michael, guess what? Your first day is the steak. No, no. What did he get? For three months, I couldn't believe it. For three months, it's just a teeny bottle with milk in it. Milk. And look at that. He started growing a little bit bigger. And look at him now. Look at him now. And, and look, I wear him as a badge when I walk around here. I love it. You know, put him on the arm. But soon that milk is growing and the body is growing. And he's getting a little bit of fat around the face there. And you can see the baby fat. And just... A week ago, we started feeding him little porridge. Yes? A little bit of porridge. What's happening with the porridge? Well, I can tell you what happens in, in you know, in his nappy if he starts. We, we won't go there, but the smells change. Isn't it right, Juliana? It's right, isn't it? No, I'm not going to preach about that. I'm going to stick with the milk, okay? But we start giving him porridge. And, and what comes after that? 
small little pieces of food. And what happens with the body? The body keeps on growing. You see, this is where Peter goes to. He goes to a little, small little baby. Now, if we stand here and a year from now I preach and this little boy is still like that, what will everybody say? There's something wrong. If he's still like this six months from now, not running around, what will everybody say? There's something wrong. You see, this is the thing. It's a natural thing that if you get born, you get nurtured, and you grow. If you get born, you don't start walking on your legs. Your legs start getting stronger. Your fingers start... You see a little baby and they start finding out they've got little hands. What do they do? They want to eat the things. They prop it in their mouth the whole time. Have you seen that? That, This thing is to be eaten and they realize it's not. They start getting teeth and now if they start biting on their hands, they start, oh, it's sore. You know, this is how they grow. Brother and sister, we are like little babies. This is what Peter says there. He says it's the same with us. He says as newborn babes in the spirit, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Everybody say grow. Now let me ask you, let me ask you, how long is it since you've given your heart to the Lord or since the Lord saved your soul? Is there some people who can sit here and say it's been five years, ten years, fifteen years, twenty years from now. Now if I can put on some glasses and I put my glasses on and I can see you in a spiritual sense, not the big grown man and woman that you are. If I look through my glasses this morning and I can see in the spirit and I look at you, will I see a little baby like that? Or will I see a grown young man and woman in the spirit? Are you with me now? We need to grow. This is what Peter is saying. So that we may grow. This is what we're talking about. Now there's three things for us to be able to grow. Three things. First of all, we need to lay something aside. This is a spiritual birth, remember? And this is where the truth will hurt. And it's good that the truth hurt because it says free. First of all, he started with saying that laying aside all evil. This is how we develop as children of God. Christianity is not to be believed. Remember those words. It must also be lived. We have to live this life. And you are going to bump your toe. And you are going to bump your head on your way. And you are going to be disappointed. And you are going to be a lot of things. But all of that is for the good. You grow by this experience. Now look at this in verse 1. He says, therefore, laying aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. Before you can grow as a child of God, you need to lay something aside. You need to. Remember when I said, if this baby is in two years, Still that same, everybody will say there's something wrong. Then we take him to the doctor, and the doctor starts investigating. He looks what food he's eating. If, if Vader's still going to give him a bottle, titi bottle, a small little titi bottle of milk, two years from now, what's wrong? She's not giving him enough food to grow. Is that right? And he will become sick. No, it needs to be nurtured and followed up. 
Look at this now. The word here for laying aside is an action word. It's something you need to do. It, it means to get rid of. It means to cast it off. It's a heavy weight that's sitting on you, and you have to cast it off. Now, let me be perfectly clear here today that when you get born again as a new child of God, there's something you need to do here. You need to get rid of something. Yes, He saves you. Yes, He forgives you your sin. The penalty of sin is gone. The weight of sin is gone. But there's still habits that operate within your body. Who knows that? And I can tell you in my testimony, it is so. The day when I gave my heart to the Lord or when the Lord saved my soul, I should say, the next day, the world looked brighter and everything looked this. I knew something changed, but there were still a lot of habits that stuck, which I needed to get rid of with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, the first thing he mentions there is malice. See the word malice there? It's in our English word malice. Do you know what malice means? Malice means to commit a wrongful act that will result in harm to another. That's what it means. And would you believe it? There's a lot of Christians in the church today who conduct in malice. Oh man, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. How dare they speak to me like that? Mm-hmm. Boom! I'll tell him what I feel about this. To harm them. This is one thing you need to get rid of. Peter writes to these people who are sitting there, the dispersion. He's not writing to the world here. He's writing to Christians. And he says to Christians these words. He says to them, you need to get rid of this. Malice means, let me give you other words for malice. Spite. I'm going to do something because I'm spiteful. I'm going to spite them. Or maybe hate. Oh, man, I hate that person. That's malice. It operates in children of God. Otherwise, he wouldn't have write this to children of God. In, and another one is animosity. And what about bitterness? Bitterness. Man, I can't forgive them. I can't forgive them for what they've done. And it keeps on molding in my mind. And it keeps on coming back. It is bitterness coming back. James talks about this. He says, let not a root of bitterness become a root in your life. Because bitterness follows on to anger, follows on to hate, follows on to a wrongful act. This is all words. Revenge. We will give them back for what they've done to me. See what Jesus did? He took on the form of a servant. So malice is a big word, isn't it? Another thing that he says is deceit. The King James uses the word guile, and I like the word guile because that means dishonest behavior that you use to deceive someone. And we all know what's going on here. It is when somebody comes next to you, they befriend you, and they talk so nice to you just to get information from you. Oh, I'm your friend. I'm your best friend. And they'll talk the most beautiful words to you and everything just to get information from you. And as soon as they've got that information from you, that is the trickery. As soon as they get that, they use it as a gossip against you. You see, now malice comes into after you've deceived somebody for the information. 
And, and this is now again, he's talking to Christians, not to the world. We'd accept it from the world, but it happens in churches. Am I right? I know I'm right. Watch out for that. This, this coming in, this coming in and being your friend and the best things just to get that. I, I think you, the, the, the concept here is the good cop and the bad cop scenario, isn't it? One guy will come in and say, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat all of the truth out of you. Another person walks in and says, no, no, stand aside. We don't work like this. Come on, mate. I'm your friend here. Until they get the truth. This is how the intercessors work. But would you believe Christians work the same? Otherwise, you wouldn't have said that. Then he says hypocrisy. You see, we need to throw these things off. What is hypocrisy? It's acting. To be an actor. To be somebody you are not. You know, the world is telling us the church is full of hypocrites. Isn't it true? It's hard words, I know. It's somebody you're not. And then he talks about envy. That's jealousy. And evil speaking, that is backbiting. Now, listen to James. Chapter 1, verse 21. He says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. He uses the same word of casting off. And receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. So for you and for me to grow today, what is the first thing that Peter says? We need to lay aside all filthiness, deceit, speaking in guile, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, backbiting. He says, listen, and let me tell you, brother and sister, you will not grow spiritually if you hold on to these things. Can I say it again to you? I'm going to say it anyway. You will not grow in the spirit if you hold on to these things. It stifles growth. If we go back to these things, if you want to grow, if you operate in that, you will not come to this stage right now. You will still be there. Spiritually, you will be a small little baby because you hold on to all of these, what James says is filthiness. Filthiness. It stinks. If I bring a bag in here and it's full of maggots and, and worms and everything, and you can't see it, will you put your hand into that bag? No. But some people are like that, walking around with filthiness. That's a harsh word, isn't it? It makes us all think, and I pray the Holy Spirit, help me, Lord. Inspect my heart, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, help me. Did you know that that's what the Holy Spirit do? Did you know that? We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us, brothers and sisters. Let me, let me read to you one passage here in John chapter 16. The work of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. Listen to this. He says, but you sent me... Nevertheless, that I go, but if I do you, and when he has come, the Holy Spirit, what will he do? He will convict the world of sin. So if you are sitting here this morning and you feel guilty by that, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the work of him. It's one of the biggest problems that can stop the growth in a child of God. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1, he says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnare us. And let us run for the endurance the race that is set before us. Now, if we want to grow as children of God, we lay aside all of these things. What do we put on now? Peter writes that. He says, desire the pure milk of the word. That's the second stage here. In verse 2 he says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. The word here for desire is to long for or to crave. Man, I love it. When you take the titty bottle now and you hold it in front of Michael, what happens? He sees that bottle. Juliana, what happened to the children? They go crazy, isn't it? They can't grab it. And, and, you know, sometimes you toy with them because it's fun, isn't it? You go, and they go, what's happening here? They crave for it. My prayer is that we should crave about the Word of God. You know, if I take the Bible... Everybody in this church would go, oh, oh, oh. No, I'm just joking, okay? But you should be in your spirit like that. You should say, look, I can't wait to read the word anymore. And I, I testify to you, brother and sister, when the Lord saved my soul, I couldn't get enough of the word of God. I read it. You know, I made marks in it. And I, I asked my pastor questions about it. I had so many questions. And even now, I love the word of God. Every day I want to spend time in the Word of God, read it, study it. In, during this week, I was in, in the book of Psalms. I read in the book of Psalms, and it really satisfied my soul. It strengthened me. It's better than Red Bull and B energy drinks. It's good for you. He says, desire this. Psalm 119, verse 103. He says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. This is the psalmist crying out like that. So we need to be like that. We need to look at the Word of God and desire the Word of God with everything that's within us. This is God's mind with us. This is how you grow. You read something. And then you go, I want to apply this to my life. We've just read it there in the previous verse. We've read this now. We've said we need to lay aside all of the sin and the weight that snares us. We need to get rid of malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy. This is what we've read. Now we go on our knees and we pray and we say, Lord, help me to do that. Not to become a better person, but to grow in the Spirit. And you know what He will do? He will help us. That is a longing or a craving for the Word of God. So two things. One is we lay off the evil things. And the second thing is what do we do? We desire for the Word of God, the milk. Now it's not to make you feel guilty, but have you got the desire for the Word of God? Have you got the desire? Again, if I look at a baby and I bring milk in front of them and they don't desire to drink it, there's something wrong. Well, we might say they're not in the mood now to eat and then we wait until it's in the afternoon and still we bring the titty bottle in front of them and they go, ah, I don't want that. Tonight you bring the titty bottle to them and they go, ah. Tomorrow morning you bring again the titty bottle full of milk to the baby and they go, ah. And then it's two days and three days. What will happen? Come and you tell me. They'll get sick and they will die. They need the nurture of milk. 
Yet it is amazing to me our children of God aren't, they don't want to read the word. And, and, and I understand. I get it that people say, I don't get it. I don't understand. When I read the Bible, it's so difficult to me. You've got to keep on doing it. When you bring food to a little baby, they need to learn to eat it. When we started giving Michael that, that, that little um, um, porridge, you know, that solid food, you know, he rolls it around his tongue. He doesn't know what to do with it. Go, it's so funny to see that happening. You, you need to understand to swallow, but you need, it's the same thing. It is desiring it. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who is the Word? It's Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as to babes in Christ. I understand how Paul had felt here. Here is people sitting in a church in Corinthians. They've been sitting there for two, three, four, five years. The pastor comes, he preaches the word, they eat their food, they go home. They come back, he preaches, they eat their food, they go home. I'm talking about soup, okay? I'm not talking about the word. And they go home. Nothing happens. And here he says to them, he says, I, I ought to speak to you as spiritual people, but you are babes in Christ. After three years, four years, I fed you milk and not with solid food because you're not ready for it yet. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, are still not able to receive it. You know the most amazing thing for me? after preaching the word for more than 25 years now, is you get people who say they are saved for five years and they come with the most difficult questions in the Bible to you. The most difficult ones. And they ask the most difficult questions in the Bible, but they haven't even understood the things which you can understand in the Bible. Therein lies the problem. If you sit with somebody in the world and they try to test you on the word of God who is not a child of God, they will come to the difficult questions of the Bible. They will ask those questions to you. But then I asked them and I said, have you actually read and understood what being born again is? That is something you can understand. Oh, what is that? How to grow spiritually. That is something you can understand. How far have you grown? Oh, I'm going to lose my faith because the Bible contradicts itself. It can't answer my questions. No, it can answer all your questions. I testify of that. Some of them you have to believe with faith. He says here to them, he says, I come to you and I wanted to give you the steaks. I want to give you the good food. I want to give you the solid food, but I cannot do that because you are still babes. You haven't come to, come to the states where you've put off the malice, you've put off the guile. You're still operating in that carnal. You see, that's what the word carnal means there. He says, but as to carnal people. Carnal people still got with inside of them malice. They still got unforgiveness inside of them. They still got all of these things inside of them. They stay carnal. They stay babes in Christ. They cannot grow for until now you've not been there. In verse 3 he says, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, you are not carnal and behaving like mere men. Can you see why we need to grow? You and I need to grow. Now finally, the third step is that you may grow. That's our, our topic today. 
He says in verse 3, you put off the stuff, you grab the word of God that you may grow. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 talks about this. He says, still we come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. Let me show you something here. The word of God, listen, the word of God will teach you one thing, the knowledge of the Son of God. That's what we get out of the word. Paul prayed to this church. He says, I pray two things to you. I pray that you may increase in the knowledge of God and in the wisdom of God. That's what he prays for them. And here he says, he says that we all come to the unity in faith, the knowledge of the Son to a what? Perfect man. Not a perfect baby. A perfect man. He says to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the, look at this now, fullness of Christ. This is a mature, spiritually mature man and woman he's talking about. That we should no longer be children. You see, what happens to a child? Tossed to and fro and carried about every wind of, look at this now, doctrine. Man, I can talk to you about that. I know people over the years. I've studied the Word of God and I stand solid on the doctrine of the apostles. That's what they say. But then YouTube comes out with a new video of some person who got a revelational knowledge about something. You know, the earth is flat or something like that. And then all of a sudden, because you are not secure and, and mature in the Word of God, you're not secure in your faith in the Word, that stream of wind grabs you and pulls you. See what the nonsense they've done with, with, you know, saying the Holy Spirit, you know, it's got to be poured out and people run around and bark like animals and going on. All those people who followed those things were not mature. Pensacola revival. Holy laughter revival. And I look at the people who are following in by the thousands and you know all I see is there's no maturity in them. There are still little children who are tossed to and fro with wings of doctrine. Even the rapture, you know, I've studied the Word of God, and you know what, I stand from the time that I had a hunger for the Word of God, and it was made out in my heart that the Word of God teaches on the rapture. I stand on what I, I still believe till day, as I believed 25 years ago in the pre-trip rapture. I believe in that because I believe the Bible but man, I tell you what, these people who, who stood with me now, they tossed into another one and tossed in this one because these, these men, you know, famous men in the world who said they don't believe this and that anymore. You need to stand and grow in the Word of God and stay strong in the Word of God. He says here, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things. You see, he uses these words, grow up in all things to him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joint and knit together by every joint supplies according to effective work by which every part does its share, causes growth for the body for the edifying of itself in love. So what do we need to do, church? We need to grow. How do we grow? We lay aside all filthiness. Forgive those people who've done things to you. Speak them. Let them go free. And you follow Christ and grab the word of God. What will happen? You will grow. 
And then finally this morning, if somebody can prepare my wife, just there, Richard, to come in. Some finally this morning, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, when he says there in verse 2, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is, that the Lord is what? Is gracious. Oh, I want a taste of the Lord. I want a taste of the Lord this morning. You see, the word there for tasting is to have a craving for the Lord. It's the same. It's the same as desire. I've got a craving for the Lord. That you, that you taste that the Lord is gracious. Can I start telling you about the graciousness of the Lord? How gracious He is? He forgave us our sin, past, present, and future. Think about that. He knows already what you're going to do this week. He knows that. And he's forgiven you for that. Now, you're not willfully going to do those things because you know he's going to forgive you. No, we don't do that. But he's gracious to us. You know what grace means? To benefit others at the expense of self. To give us something that we did not deserve. In this week that's coming, the Lord will give us things which we do not deserve. That's the gracious God that we serve. So what have we learned this morning? First of all, we need to lay aside. Everybody say lay aside. What do we need to lay aside? Malice. We all know now what malice means. Bitterness, envy, strife, all of those filthy things. This week, I want you to go and pray. Say, Lord, help me, remind me, show me if there's any of those things in my heart. Create in me a clean heart. And then what's the second thing we need to do? We need to desire what? The pure milk of the Word of God. Yes? And then what will happen? We will grow. We will grow. The Sunday school sings a song. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Pray every day. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Pray every day and you will grow, grow, grow. And you will grow, grow, grow. And you will grow, grow, grow. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you will grow, grow, grow. Have malice, envy, and strife, and you will shrink, shrink, shrink. Have malice, envy, and strife, and you will shrink, shrink, shrink. And what will happen? You will shrink, shrink, shrink. Come on, let us grow for the Lord this morning. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. It is a, it is a pure word, Father. It, it is an easy word to understand, Lord. 